Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to Extra Extra. It's all about whiskey, the podcast about the news with me, Jason Johnson Yellen, and my beloved co-host, the man who is most in Zoom demand, Joshua Morrissey Hatton. Yeah, I mean, other than the Morrissey thing, you know, it's more of it's more Martin than it is Morris. You know, it's it's more happiness than than Mope. I would say. I love watching what it's like to be on the other end of those introductions <laughs> when something that you were not expecting happens, and you really don't have a lot of words to come back fresh out, <laughs> fresh out of words. Oh, that was a lot of fun. So, um, so what we do. In Extra Extra, for those of you who are just joining us, we take a look at a new story. Mm-hmm. This episode, these these episodes, come out every two weeks. And so either one of us, whoever's turn it is, picks a new story that captured their attention of the last couple of weeks. We read it. We talk about it. We try to have a wee laugh along the way. And uh, every time, we try to record a tight 30. For those of you... Who have survived the two hour and 55 minute COVID 19 <laughs> catch up episode of One Nation Under Whiskey? You might just consider this tight 30 to be uh, a mere appetizer, a mere amuse bouche. Uh, wait, okay, so I know what appetizer means. <laughs> the amuse bouche, when you, when you. Yeah. These happen in, in fancy restaurants, Joshua, when the chef will send you a small gift, a small mouth amusement, just uh, just to get you comfortable in your seat before the night's spectacular meal unfolds before you. That is lovely. See, I knew what bouche meant in, in, mm. in French, right? Ferme mm-hmm. la bouche. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? What's that word again? Amuse bouche. Something fun for your mouth. I tell you, a mouth amusement. There's a joke in there somewhere, Jason. I'll let you search for it. It's buried so deep, I don't think we'll ever find it. But how deep would you say that joke was buried? That's the question we might never have an answer to. Well, how deep is your love? (laughs) So, because this is a tight 30, (laughs) let's get to what we're here for. You have a story at the reading? I do. Okay. I do. So, I have pulled this from the Bourbon Review. Okay, okay. Yeah. And I pulled this on May 11th. Now, we're recording this May 25th. This Mm -hmm. episode will go live May 27th. And it's still timely. Okay, okay. It's still timely. So, good. Go on. You getting worried over there? I I was, you know. You said this came out May 11th. It's May 24th. May (laughs) 24th. Like, you know, news nowadays is old as soon as it comes out. it is. Right. It really, really is. But I, I thought this was still timely. And it actually ties into a number of things we've been getting up to over the last couple of weeks. And so okay. I thought it was worth keeping it in. Okay. So the Bourbon Review, the, the article is entitled, Amid COVID restrictions, Pennsylvania's craft distillers are selling like crazy. But is it enough? Hmm. And this is by G. Clay Whitaker. And as I say, this went live on May 11th. Of 2020. Okay. Liquor has always notoriously been considered recession-proof, but the easily transmitted coronavirus has turned 2020's health and economic nightmare into an issue even 
for the drinking industry, mm-hmm. closing bars and forcing patrons to remain home. And we've talked about that a, a lot. Yeah, sure. Uh, over over extra extra episodes and over one nation under whiskey episodes, and just personally and privately when talking to friends, just in life, nonstop, in life, all the time, <laughs> every day. <laughs> In a nutshell. Help them in a nutshell. Despite the lack of watering holes, home drinking is considered to be rising steadily to balance the scales. And here's here's where our first little ping happens. Okay. But in Pennsylvania, even supplying your home bar has been difficult. Unless you live near a distillery. So it would have been maybe a month ago uh, when I had my my first story on Extra Extra. Mm -hmm. We talked about the rise of state-run liquor store sales. Yeah, yep. Except for in Pennsylvania. And we will, in this article, we will cover why we never got to talk about Pennsylvania, even though we did talk about Pennsylvania. (laughs) (laughs) Pennsylvania's state-run liquor agency, the PLCB, has arguably been first in the nation for ineffective response to social distancing concerns. Wow. I love that part. I love that part. Because <laughs> as I was reading it the first time, has arguably been first in the nation. I was like, whoa, what's your what's your name here? L Greg? G Greg? G Clay. G Clay. I was like, okay, G Clay, you are taking this in a direction that I have not expected. But then, just as he got me to zig, he came back and made me zag. And first in the nation for ineffective response to social distancing concerns. The PLCB closed all state liquor stores on March 16. Mm. Oh my gosh. And has mostly frustrated customers with a cryptic system for online ordering for curbside pickup. And then, Mm -hmm. part of the reason that I really wanted us to, to pick up on this article is he then goes on to quote Lou Bryson, who is somebody we're big, big fans of, thoroughly enjoy his big, booming laugh uh, whenever you get to spend time with him. And we have actually quoted him from his Twitter account. And so now here's uh, G. Clay going back to, to quote him for this article. Whiskey author and expert Lou Bryson, who lives in Pennsylvania, has expressed frustration before. The coronavirus pandemic is his game seven. Bryson isn't shy about admitting that most Pennsylvanians simply cross a border to buy what they need. Mm -hmm. And then this is a quote, that's exactly what they're doing in my neck of the woods. But we always do that, he explains. I've done book signings at liquor stores in New Jersey and Delaware. And every time I've been there, the parking lots have a lot of PA, Pennsylvania, plates. Mm -hmm. Sometimes a third of the cars in the lot are from Pennsylvania. Checks out. And then it's great because right in the middle of the article is a, is a photo of Lou Bryson's Whiskey Masterclass book. So that's a good little plug for Lou in the middle of the article. <laughs> nice. Uh, then he continues with a quote from Lou Bryson. People have also been ordering from sites that would ship to Pennsylvania, but the PLCB has been shutting them down as they find them. So this is something you and I have talked on and off about and something that I'd like to pivot back to in the second half okay. of, of this episode. Okay. Uh, and so keep in mind that we that we want to talk about people in PA trying to get their hands on boosts wherever they can, mm-hmm. but also the difficulties with shipping across borders within the United States. Okay. 
So G. Clay continues, The one ray of liquor light, however, has been that as the state has essentially halted its own sales, distilleries who are licensed to sell their products on site and by shipping or delivery have been selling like crazy. And then we're back to uh, a quote from Lou Bryson here. This might be the last quote from Lou Bryson. The other thing consumers are doing, which is awesome, is discovering that Pennsylvania distillers, wineries, brewers, cider makers, and meaderies are all open for takeout. Some Pennsylvania distillers are actually running out of stuff. And then, and so I, I loved all that setup from Lou Bryson, mm -hmm. right? Somebody mm -hmm. who we have leaned on, somebody we have talked about as being the eyes on the ground in Pennsylvania. But then the rest of the article goes on to talk to producers who are in state and what they're seeing and what they're experiencing. Okay. And what I really liked about this is clearly on the back of our last One Nation Under Whiskey episode, that's what we were doing. And while we kind of dotted around a few from Scotland, uh, a couple from the United States, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in our conversation with Scott Harris, a producer in the north of Virginia, he got to talk to us about what he's seeing on the ground across the state of Virginia. So now we get an additional little look at what's happening on the ground in Pennsylvania. Beautiful. Yeah. So we're going to hear from Philip Jensen, who's the distiller for Big Spring Spirits in, and I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce this, it might be Belfont or Belafonte uh, in Pennsylvania. Oh, let's assume it's like Harry, right? Right? I like that. that. I like Harry Belafonte. Right. Yeah. And so Philip Jensen says, we are swamped with orders. <laughs> and that's where it ends? Does the um, article end like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the end of the article. Uh, the article then says, Big Spring has been doing shipping and has likewise been selling bottled cocktails for some time now. <laughs> then another quote from Philip Jensen, The list started around 1,500. We are now well over 8,000. We are sending out about 70 packages a day via UPS. Holy cow. Wait, wait, wait. I just want to make sure I'm understanding this correctly. The list started out at 1,500. It's now 8,000. What's this list again? The, the list of... I don't know. I don't know. I had the same question because it's, it's a broken down quote. And so the list started around 1,500 dot, dot, dot. We are now well over 8,000. So it could be people who are on a shipping list. It could be sales. It could be demand. It mm -hmm. could be... Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, whatever, the, yeah, whatever it is, it's it, it's, you know, more than a four-time increase from when it first started. Right. Yeah, the, the the full quote just parsing it out of the paragraph is we are swamped with orders. The list started around 1500, we are now well over 8000. We are sending about 70 packages a day via UPS. Wow. That's that's the full that's the full quote. Okay. And then uh, Philip Jensen says the increase represents quote a lot of new customers and lots of new followers on Facebook and Instagram. We are hoping folks will continue once the PLCB opens back up. And that, to me, is a little point to return to in the okay. second half as okay. well. Okay, good. Uh, we then get, go on to the co-owner of Barrel 21 in State College, Roger Garthwaite. He also owns Otto's Pub and Brewery. He's seeing a reverse of the norm, says G. Clay. The majority of our food takeout has been from our loyal long-term customers. 
we have seen many more new faces buying spirits. We see an opportunity to grow the delivery of beer and spirits and are looking into options. So there's that demand again, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I can't just pitch up to a local liquor store, but I can go to a producer here, uh, so long as they have got the correct um, certification in place. Okay. Distillers say they are moving a lot of products that don't typically see high volume, including unaged spirits. Jensen, hmm. the chap from Big Spring Spirits, is selling, quote, tons of vodka, way more than normal, gin too. He attributes this to new customers. Quote, the regulars buy up our cream bourbon like crazy. It was easily our best seller, and now it lags behind vodka and gin. Wow. And then Garthwaite, from yeah. the producer and the bar, Garthwaite sees the same demand, saying that production from their small vodka still has had trouble keeping up with demand at Barrel 21. So now you can see in the state of Pennsylvania, if you can't even go to your to your state liquor store for your basic vodka, your basic gin, you're now looking in state for the same product, mm-hmm. right? You know that's your that's your product. The popular items, meanwhile, are selling out quickly. Here's a quote from Jensen again. A couple niche products are sold out, as we haven't had time to make and empty barrels in order to keep up with demand for the top-selling products. We sold, and this is this is so key, and I, I love, love, love this statement from Jensen. We sold our normal batch size of our American whiskey in less than 10 days. Normally, that would last 10 to 12 weeks. Wow. So people in Pennsylvania are so desperate to get alcohol because the shops aren't closed. <laughs> I mean, it's very good for the distillery, but... My gosh, I mean, that that puts the distillery in a very difficult position. I mean, it's a good position to be in if you're looking to make and sell product, but... Right, and, wow. and so the, so here's the co-founder of Wiggle Whiskey goes on to, to make this, this exact point here and, and makes it very well. Uh, so this is Alexander Grelli, G-R-E-L-L-I, from uh, Wiggle Whiskey. Things have been busy from a number of perspectives. Primarily... It's been shifting from an on-site, high-touch environment with consumers in terms of education and experience Mm -hmm. to a very much e-commerce-driven business. Exactly what we heard from Scott Harris. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Something that we never really focused too heavily on. Something we heard from Scott Harris. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But in the current state of times, it's our only option. How telling is that? Yeah. Right? The state that has you jump through all the hoops for your uh, certification, right? To make sure you're operating 100% (laughs) legally, that Uh you're communicating Uh with consumers in the appropriate way at this time of crisis has gone, thanks very much, (laughs) right? Nothing to see here, nothing to do here. You're you're on your own. And they're, they're, they're figuring it out, right? And then now we're back to the article. While the new customers and new business avenues are welcome, most distillers are quick to caution that this hasn't been a windfall. Uh, We now hear from Herman Mihalich, founder of Dad's Hat. Mm -hmm. Quote, It's definitely a reduction in business. We're the second largest rye whiskey in the state. We're in several hundred state stores. And not being able to sell through that channel 
has certainly taken a big bite wow. out of us. Wow. Yep. Wow. Dad's Hat isn't centrally located, so curbside hasn't really been an option, as it has for other distilleries. But Mihalich says the shipping has worked pretty well. <laughs> Quote, we're pretty happy with that. <laughs> um, and, and now here's, here's that little eyeball in the future. There's just a, a few areas to close out on here and, and we'll be done with the, the first part, the first half of the, the episode. As the PLCB begins to regain control of their sales program and reopen some stores around the state, mm -hmm. distilleries are expecting these numbers to decline. And I'm guessing these numbers are the in-house sales and the digital sales. That was my guess too. It wasn't very clear, but I, I'm following his train of thought. Right. The question is whether other sales will rebound to balance those store sales. Will those now come back mm -hmm. as people return to the store? Wiggle is hoping that higher early on sales will offset declines for the next few months. Quote, we haven't crunched all the numbers, but social distancing restrictions likely increased the sales for the month of March. And what we're trying to figure out is how to anticipate a decline when state stores are much more open, but restaurants and tasting rooms are still avoided. And I think that's a, that's a great little point um, from Alexander Grelly, the mm. co-founder of Wiggle Whiskey. Mm -hmm. right? It's one thing for those state stores to reopen, but you're not going to be 100% back to your business. Just like we're seeing with Catoctin Creek on June 1, exactly. they're yeah. going to have that release yeah. of combined barrels that never went into the restaurant program. And so there is clearly a shortfall here mm -hmm. between consumer-driven off-premise, where you go to the liquor store, you buy it, you take it home, you consume it, mm -hmm. and the restaurants, where you go in, you have a dram, a pour, a cocktail, along with something else that you're consuming. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I that's such a nice, nice point there by Alexander. And then we close out. A large, looming problem for growing distillers has been the future of satellite tasting rooms. In the state of Pennsylvania, distilleries are allowed to open off-premise tasting locations where they can sell bottles and cocktails. Oh, okay. Mihalich says Dad's Hat decided to go forward with opening one right before the crisis hit. <laughs> Timing is everything, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> People usually say location is everything. Timing is something as well. <laughs> right. A quote from Mihalich here. So those are on hold, and we're hoping to revive those when appropriate, because obviously that's an on-premise business, that requires customers to come in. Hmm. And then the article closes on this. So if you're a whiskey fan who likes having new and unique bottles and you're living or quarantining in Pennsylvania, help out the local distilleries. Buy some bourbon from them. to return to something that we put a pin in in the article. Okay. And you and I have talked about this, Joshua, where we're asking the question, distillers are in survival mode. Yes. They're, yes. they're doing whatever they possibly can to keep their employees hired, give their employees jobs to do that, that make the ongoing hire and employment worthwhile. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, okay, we were allowed to sell directly 
to our consumers as agents of the PLCB, right. the, the Liquor Control Board in Pennsylvania. And now we're shipping in a way we hadn't shipped previously. When we also talk to Scott Harris, this seems to be something that the state liquor boards mm-hmm. are doing to allow the survival. But the question becomes, A, will they continue to allow that when the lockdown is over for however long it's over? Mm-hmm. Uh, or when, when quarantining becomes a little looser, do we think consumers will continue to purchase online and ship direct to doorsteps from distillers? What's your take on that? Well, I, I, I really think that w- once you start to relax a law, to relax a regulation, it's, it's harder to walk that back. Historically speaking, it's been difficult to walk that back. I think the state will want to reinstate some restrictions that they had previously. However, I foresee distilleries banding together to show the revenue made while they were able to sell from their distillery. And my hope is that there's going to be a period of time where stores are starting to open And so people are buying from stores, but distilleries can still sell from stores. And my hope is that there's a period of time where distilleries are able to show Pennsylvania that they're able to make good sales through the stores and increase sales through the distillery, which in the end, if they can show Pennsylvania that they are earning more tax revenue to give to the state, I mean, again, we've said it many, many times, follow the money. If the state can see that it can make money off of something and they see that the sky hasn't fallen, that, you know, parents haven't started eating their children because, you know, they're selling liquor in a new way, then perhaps Pennsylvania will keep those laws relaxed. Well, there's two aspects to me that I always return to. And number one is covered by Lou early on in the article, which is if it is so well known that consumers are driving across a state line mm-hmm. into Delaware, into New Jersey, that's, as you just said, tax money going to another state, not staying in your own state. Yeah, right. And so why, why would you be so blind to that? And then second of all, the number one concern we've heard, and I think we covered it way back in the first article that that you brought to Extra Extra, the Fred Minnick article Mm -hmm. uh, written for Forbes, where there seems to be this concern that either children will be getting drunk in the streets Mm -hmm. because they're now able to buy booze online and have it shipped to their doorstep, or something fraudulent will happen and consumers will now be receiving, I don't know, you know, forest distilled, you know, rock gut. Like, I, I, don't, I don't quite know. Um, uncut Everclear? I, I don't know. And so it, it strikes me that if, if you've been so willing to put your head in the sand and continually return to nobody leaves here, we're, we're making as much tax money as we possibly can, and, oh, this is all going to fall to rack and ruin because children will be drunk in the streets. These last few months have shown 
neither of those two things to be true. Exactly. Right? And so hopefully, hopefully there are points being made here. Data points are being collected here where an argument can be made for, as you say, the ongoing sale by state's agents, mm. state's representatives, right? The, the distillers are still connected to the state. They're, they're playing the role of agent on behalf of the state. Mm-hmm. And so why not let them ship within the state? The big question will then become, will they ultimately be able to ship outside of the state? And that's maybe not a question to be having at this point when we're trying to see if they can sustain in-state sales. But but I, I think it, down the line, will become a, a, a talking point as well. Well, now we're having success in-state. Why not collect state revenue in Pennsylvania and then ship over state lines? I, th- I think in the end, it's figuring out how to actually do that. Yeah. You know, it's there. There are all sorts of loopholes. You know, to to online sales, shipping across state lines, and you know that whoever's shipping that bottle should be collecting tax to then yep. report back to each and every state that they have collected tax from, and then pay that tax appropriately. However, however, receiver states can't easily go in and check out to see what that distillery has done to collect their own sales tax or not, right? Yeah. So, so that, 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 I would love to see that happen, but it's really a system of figuring out how are taxes being collected and distributed accordingly so that everybody is feeling as if they're getting their cut. That's, that's the... One of the big rubs when it comes to shipping across state borders is that the receiver state feels as if, oh, you were missing out on state tax sales. So how do you get whomever it is who's shipping within that state to ensure that they are uh, filing their taxes correctly? But I also wonder if there's traction being gained in that regard as well. Because okay. when you first describe it, you hear... Geez, that sounds like a massive pain in the arse, mm-hmm. right? And it is. But if you think about what Alexander Grelly was saying, the co-founder of Wiggle Whiskey, they're now looking at e-commerce in a way they hadn't looked at it before. And it's possible when you're first launching a distillery and you're trying to get local following and county following and maybe a state following, and then maybe you're trying to get into liquor stores within your state, and maybe mm-hmm. you're trying to get into liquor stores in other states. Maybe you look at e-commerce and you say, huh, that looks like a massive pain in the arse. Yeah. But in these last couple of months, we've learned, yeah, that's kind of an aspect you might want for your <laughs> long-term survival. And so if you can overcome that level of pain in the arseness then maybe the future shipping over state lines becomes something that you that you do take a moment to look at and consider. Um, another aspect that Herman Mihalich raises, the founder of Dad's Hat, mm-hmm. on one hand, they were doing fantastically well in state stores. You know, yeah. as 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 Mihalich has quoted, 
you know, somewhere around several hundred state stores. Amazing, yeah. And so they've got their foothold in those state stores. If you're then one of the up-and-coming distillers doesn't have that same type of relationship, COVID has allowed you to go straight to consumer here and being able to say, yeah, you need it on your doorstep, we'll get it to your doorstep. Wow. Whereas whereas Mihalich is seems to be suggesting here that their business model didn't have that. And, and again, we're back to the e-commerce aspect again. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We weren't set up to to pivot to e-commerce because we'd invested so heavily in the state stores. And I, and I'm not saying one's good, one's bad, one's right, one's wrong. I'm just saying here you've got Dad's Hat's model was built on state stores with very little room to pivot there. And so what do you see in this opportunity for other Pennsylvania distillers to get you know, a swift, quick-moving pivot into or in front of consumers? I, I believe that Dad's Hat did it the right way. I think do you know going the tried and true way of working your ass off to get your product into all these state stores, several hundred state stores, that was the smart approach because no one thinks about pandemics. Um, right. <laughs> right. And and so so long as we can all get through this that model will still be there because the, the, the foundation is strong, right? And you'll get back to that. However, on the, on the other hand, I think these newer distilleries also did it the right way. There's no one right way. These newer distilleries did very much what we did early days with Single Cast Nation. Up until 2017, everything was sold online. And then starting... Uh, in 2017, we now have a retail range. And so, you know, if you compare what we did to what these newer Pennsylvania distilleries should be doing is they need to find that path that Dad's Hat took at the very, at the very beginning. They need to have that two-pronged approach. And if the good people at Dad's Hat are smart, and I'm sure they're smart, I'm they're sure going they to expand out their online you know, portion of it. I, I think these distilleries are, are these are such weird times that are forcing distilleries to think about selling in new ways. And if that forces Dad's Hat to go online, fantastic. If it forces uh, these newer distilleries once things start getting back to normal to to try to get stuff into shops, fantastic as well. Yeah, the aspect for me that that remains unclear coming out of the article is whether Pennsylvania previously allowed distillers to ship direct to consumer because as I know from being in Virginia and as we learned from Scott Harris while distillers were operating as agents of the state mm -hmm. that enabled them to sell on site in their tasting rooms it did not pre-lockdown allow them to ship direct to consumers correct and so I'm not clear from this article if Pennsylvania distillers had the opportunity to ship direct to consumers pre-lockdown and whether the state of Pennsylvania did what the state of Virginia did, which was say, okay, you're already licensed to sell direct to consumers mm. on site. 
We're going to extend that during lockdown. Since consumers can't come to you, we will allow your shipments to go to consumers. And so when you hear about distillers not having e-commerce, it would make sense if you were only allowed to sell in person anyway. Correct. And that to me becomes the evolving marketplace that you just alluded to, which is have they now proven enough that they're allowed to continue shipping direct to consumers? And if they are, that's going to change how you go about opening a, a distillery in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Well, I tell you, it's it's going to be very interesting to watch, to keep an eye on as Pennsylvania starts opening up some more stores and and just keep an eye on it. See if Pennsylvania just completely relaxes that law entirely. Boy, that'd be, I think that'd be great for distilleries, and and hopefully, at the same time, not not harming the you know the normal state sales that that Pennsylvania enjoys. And I think that will be key to ensuring those laws stay relaxed. Yep, like we've said many times, keep following Lou Bryson on Twitter. The, the man has his finger on the PA pulse and he's not afraid to tell it how it is. Uh, he's, he's well worth a follow. Indeed. So, so thank you to G. Clay Whitaker for uh, his article in the Bourbon Review. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And thank you, Jason, we, for, uh, for bringing it to our attention and uh, giving us the I time to I talk can. about it. I know, you, you know what you do. You I do, do what I can, Joshua. Yeah. I do my best by us. Do you... Do you want to remind people how they can get in contact with us? One of the things I started saying is if you want to follow me personally, I'm on Instagram at Johnston Yellen. It's the word John, the word stone, and the word yelling without a G at Instagram. What are you on Instagram, Whiskey Joshua? People can follow me. I'm at Whiskey Joshua on Instagram. And of course, it's whiskey without an E. Now, just know it may take a couple of weeks for me to accept your friendship because I'm converting uh, my very personal Instagram account to a more public one. So go ahead. The good news is it's just a follow. It's not friendship. So you're not overly committing to anything. You can can remain committed to your wife and open up to followers on Instagram. (laughs) If anybody has an article that they'd like to share with us, uh, a news bit that they're curious to hear our thoughts on, please feel free to send it to us. You know, For now, we're still using our uh, One Nation Under Whiskey contact information, so you can reach out to us at questions at onenationunderwhiskey.com. Uh, and that's probably the best way. Yeah, just email us, questions at onenationunderwhiskey.com. Yeah. Of course, that's whiskey without an E. And uh, yeah, we, we would love to hear, you know, even if you have a local story, maybe we'll uh, bring that up, and, and you know there may be some national implications to it that we'd we'd like to discuss. So, uh, yeah, there we go, Jason. With our eyes on the idea of a tight thirty, we are going to bounce. But extra, extra, we'll be back in two weeks. And please keep your eyes open for the next installment of One Nation Under Whiskey coming in one more week. See you then. Cheers, Joshy. Cheers, Jason. <laughs> Okay, just, I'm centered. Okay, tight 30, Joshua, tight 30.
I need you to return to me. It's a terrible construction. It's a terrible... (laughs) Jesus Christ. I need you to come back to me. I'm here. I'm here. I've never left you. Okay, you're back. But what about when there was only one set of footprints in the sand? (laughs) Jesus Christ. That was so good. That was so good. Oh, gosh. I think we just found our Easter egg. Whew.